everyone and welcome to the first edition of Ground Control for 2021. We thought it important to actually get an update on where things are from an economy perspective as well as what's going on in markets, both here in Australia and around the world. There's a lot's happened in the first month and a bit of 2021 and we've invited along uh, our uh, chair of the investment committee, Emmanuel Caligaris, to give us an update and his views on some of the recent things that have actually caused us to question what are we looking at in 2021 and 2022. In particular, yesterday, uh, the governor of the Reserve Bank, um, Mr Lowe, uh, talked about interest rates remaining low for uh, till 2024. So we're going to talk today um, to Emmanuel about the impacts of those interest rates and also talk about some of the bond um, issues that are actually going to involve possibly a move to some inflation at some stage I would expect. So um, welcome Emmanuel, thanks very much for your time today as usual. Thanks Graham. Um, an important uh, start to the year. Um, Mr Lowe yesterday said uh, it's unlikely we'll see interest rates actually increasing um, before 2024. What did you make of his um, his statements yesterday? Um, well, yeah, it's really important that uh, that we get a good understanding of the framework. The um, the, the central bank has effectively um, rolled its quantitative quantitative easing program, so 100 billion dollars worth of money printing effectively, um, and what they're doing with that is buying bonds. Now, what happens if you're going to be buying that many bonds is you're going to be suppressing. Uh, interest rates as much as you possibly can. Um, I think the motive here uh, has been one of if the Aussie dollar's rising um, because we're getting higher interest rates or at least the rest of the world's getting lower, even lower interest rates is we got to be with them. So that scary feeling and, and uh, something that we've been watching for quite a few years now of the race to the bottom um, and as fast as you can get there um, is, is ongoing. So uh, effectively, uh, we haven't seen inflation. Um, and so it's kind of pedal to the metals stuff here, uh, whereby um, I think, you know, it, it's right that we're going to be seeing that interest rates are going to stay low for at least the next three to four years. Um, now, there's a lot of people that are sort of, and, and myself included, um, who kind of agitate and say, well, at some point in time, um, not only the money printing from the Reserve Bank, but money printing from uh, central banks all around the world um, has got to result in inflation. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we'd probably welcome something in the vicinity of about 2.5% inflation, um, uh, you know, as an average. Uh, but in order to have that average, we've got to get above it in order to come back to it. Mm. Now, the issue then becomes, once we get above, can we stop it? And you and I are old enough with uh, the white hair on our heads to remember what happened in the, in the 70s um, and then the very painful um, increase in short-term interest rates that was required in order to bring inflation back under control. So now the, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that say, OK, well, we're not there yet. Um, but we could be at some point in time in the next few years. And what do we have to do in order to um, make sure that, um, that we're aware of, uh, I guess, the current situation? At the moment, I'm not seeing 
wages rising. Um, uh, we're seeing a little bit of sort of coming out of COVID. Uh, there was uh, um, supply restrictions um, and so producers were able to increase prices on the back of demand having come back so solidly thanks to government handouts. Um, so we've seen some, some inflation at the moment. Um, on the other side, we're seeing some asset price inflation, as uh, you mentioned before. Um, and I guess the one that we're all experts on is the housing market. <laughs> so so uh, the, you know, we've seen, and I've seen in certain areas, um, houses uh, and house prices going up by 30% or more. Um, and that's a big leap. You know, when you're considering that uh, a million dollar house now is going to cost $1.3 million, um, an extra debt of $300,000 for your average uh, um, buyer is, is quite steep. Um, but the, if you've got your job, the repayments at a lower interest rate are about the same as what they were at whatever your repayments were when you borrowed to buy the million dollar house. So uh, you can see the reaction here that, um, that, that uh, the lower interest rates have had. Um, and now the question says, should we be worried that this increase in prices is leading us to a bubble? Um, the Governor of the Reserve Bank will tell us that he's relatively comfortable that we don't have a bubble. Um, I don't know whether we do or whether we don't. Um, it remains to be seen, uh, but certainly one thing is for sure here that um, any rise in interest rates from here in the short term, if debt has increased a lot, um, is going to be very painful. So what that will do is then ultimately just cap where interest rates can go anyway, um, provided there's no uh, wages pressure. And that's the big one. Unemployment is still quite slack uh, in the economy. Um, you know, there are people who are working part-time who could be working full-time. Uh, the, the shutdowns haven't finished, as you know, so there's a lot of us that can't go to bars and clubs and restaurants, and if we do, the capacity's halved still. Um, and the airline industry isn't even remotely close to where it was, and neither is tourism coming in or, or going out. So, um, you know, you can see that there is a, still a lot of slack in the economy. Um, so from that perspective, I can't see wages inflation coming through anytime soon. Yeah. Look, it's, it's interesting when, um, when we hear economists like yourself talk about money printing and which is a rather a strange concept to uh, we'd all like to be going out and printing money <laughs> but uh, the government prints it um, uh, what are the other impacts of printing money i did see yesterday when um, the governor spoke um, the australian dollar went down that has good benefits and bad benefits i assume uh, absolutely so so th the biggest one is is that um, if we have a lower australian dollar um, that uh, our exports remain fairly cheap Okay, so, uh, you know, and we're a big exporting nation um, and obviously uh, the sanctions that China's put in on top of us is not good. Um, and so uh, then we've got iron ore rising as it has. Uh, I think, you know, we got up to $160 a tonne, come off a little bit since then. Um, but that's got the, the potential to drive the Aussie dollar, keep the Aussie dollar um, strong. So by printing money, you're effectively trying to negate some of that strength. Now, will it work? I'm not, I don't know yet. I mean, we've got to wait and see. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that uh, for the first time in a long time, we've seen, uh, I think, I think we've seen absolute targeting of the currency. Uh, they don't want to see an Australian dollar, um, you know, that's too strong. Um, you know, 76 cents, 
we've gone up at least 10% from where we were about a year ago. Um, and, you know, the Reserve Bank is obviously saying, well, enough's enough. And, um, and if our exports to China do start to uh, come off, that should be actually pretty decent decent for the um, uh, for the Aussie dollar on the low side. So I, I would say that they'd be pretty comfortable with about a 72 cent range there somewhere in, you know, make a, makes a lot of sense. Um, obviously, no, um, uh, no currencies at Robinson Crusoe. Um, so uh, the other side of the a stronger Aussie dollar is the weaker US dollar. They're printing bucket loads of money at the moment and they're passing through uh, more fiscal stimulus. Um, and so, uh, it, you know, most of the stuff that I'm reading there is for an even weaker US dollar, so the Australian dollar will get some strength. So, again, all this is kind of trying to balance out how fast we get up there. Remember, it's the rate of change that matters most of the time. Um, so from that perspective, you know, uh, I think that uh, if we see a steady... Uh, you know, where we are flattish to steadily increasing but not too much above 80 cents, I think that that would probably be policy tick. Good. Look, you just mentioned the US and we were, we were effectively dragged over broken glass to get Biden into the, uh, into the White House, uh, but he finally got there. Um, and uh, you've talked again about stimulus. Um, they haven't had the stimulus in proportional terms that, that we've actually had in Australia, but Biden's talking about this at the moment. Is that a positive or negative thing for the, for the US stock market? If you take me back uh, to just pre the election, um, a Biden clean sweep of uh, the White House and Congress Congress uh, was scaring me because it said, well, we've got carte blanche to raise taxes. Um, they want to increase uh, the minimum wage from $10 to $15, so that's substantial. Um, and, uh, and then by taxing um, uh, corporations to pay for uh, the government debt, um, you're going to get a double whammy on the, on the stock market. Profits will, will get squeezed. Stocks should potentially fall. Um, I think the way that events have um, transpired, um, everybody was kind of happy to get rid of uh, the previous pre president and said, what a relief, <laughs> you know, some sort of uh, normal times can return. Um, so I think we're going to have to watch policy here um, and, and, and see what it really means if they do get that minimum wage increasing by so much, because, uh, you know, you're talking about a 50% increase here from $10 to $15. Uh, one would sit back and say, it's a lot. The other question you've got to ask is how many people are on that minimum wage really? Um, and so will it have a big effect? So um, again, I haven't looked at it just yet, um, sort of more grabbing the headlines as we come out of our holiday season and getting back to the grindstone. So I, I guess I'll have more uh, to say about that in the next, um, in the next update. But, uh, but for now, um, I think it's been a relief that we've gotten rid of uh, the previous administration. Um, we're focused on um, the vaccines um, in getting people uh, back to some sort of uh, a normal world where we can travel freely and move around freely and I think that um, you know once that occurs which um, I think I'm in line for a needle by October of this year it looks like 2022 is the soonest that we'll be travelling overseas. The borders start opening sometime around then when we're absolutely sure that we're not going to be bringing new, new strains of, uh, of the virus. Um, so as you can see, it's going to be a long 
trajectory to what looks normal both here and in America and in the UK and in Europe. Um, and, uh, and that's why I think that, you know, the policy response so far and the timing as well has been about right. Good, good. Look, I, I'm, I'm always interested in the, um, the move of, um, of the minimum wage in the US, I'm up 50%. I wonder if that means we're going to get a 50% reduction in the 20% tips that we have to pay over there to supplement oh, sure. the poor workers who, who have been taking $10 an hour. I, I think the important thing here, Graham, is that um, we realise, though, that um, you know a, a lot of this money printing has resulted in an expensive, what looks to be an expensive US share market. Um, and uh, you know, I look at the forward PE and I, I kind of calculate it somewhere around 22 times. Um, you know, it probably should be something closer to 16 times. Um, and so, you know, every PE point is worth about 5%. Um, so if, you, if you're talking about somewhere in the vicinity of about uh, 6 PE points, there's 30% right there, overvalued. Um, but again, it's hard to come up with saying that it's overvalued because your alternative is a zero return in the bank. In the interest rate. In yes. the interest rate market. So, so you can see that there's been a reason behind why uh, asset prices have gone up. Now look, um, we, we, I think we're going to need more news and we've had some very good earnings reporting um, coming out of the United States um, in terms of uh, where we were last year relative, right? Uh, but that's going to steady itself off at some point in time and then um, we're going to need new news to justify even higher prices from here. Um, we always correct. Uh, there will be corrections. No market moves up in a straight line. You know, greed and fear. Someone wants to buy, someone wants to sell. So um, I don't know when we might see a bit of a correction. They're going to be certainly shallow. Uh, they'll be frequent in 2021 because a lot of good news has been priced in, as I mentioned. Um, but as I said, given our interest rate outlook, these sell-offs um, become buying opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the time that we, we need to sort of keep our nerve and say, okay, well, this is not the beginning of the big, of the big fall. Um, I think what will ultimately highlight that you know it's time to be getting out of all investment markets and parking a lot more money into into cash or our reserves portfolio um, at that point in time is when inflation really does break out um, but I just can't see it for the near term so for the, for the near term I think that corrections uh, despite the overvalued US share market um, will be will be uh, um, minor when I say minor they'll be just that correction you could get 10 you might get up to 15% um, but as I said, unless at that point in time I'm seeing inflation running absolutely rampant, um, I would be probably looking to commit more capital to the market at that point. Yeah, look, it's, it's interesting when we talk about the US and the UK markets and the, and the vaccines. Uh, uh, I've got a 30-year-old daughter who's in the UK and she's last on the list to get, um, get the jab, uh, but she'll have it um, by May at the latest. Um, which means they, you know, they're, well, there's 60 something million in in the UK. Uh, they would have got through that process, and the speed of that process is similar into the US, but albeit 330 million people. Um, we probably will see um, uh, people with a little bit more freedom, and therefore spending more money. We see it here in Australia, and I'm only seeing it, hearing it anecdotally. I haven't looked at this. We, uh, we're halfway through our financial year. Um, we're getting some reporting now, 
but what I'm hearing is that people are spending domestically in the shops um, and uh, that's going along quite well. Um, is that, from an economist perspective, are you seeing that same message or, or is it just the press I'm reading? No, no, that's, uh, the press is absolutely reporting this correctly. And, um, and so, yeah, we've, we've had some really big winners. The online sales have been through the roof. Um, uh, we haven't been able to travel even, as, as we said, uh, overseas. So we haven't even been able to travel interstate. Um, we've got uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk now complaining that her tourism industry shot. I think she should have considered the borders a little bit more carefully <laughs> at that point in time. Um, but uh, the holiday rentals in New South Wales have just been 100%. So people haven't been able to get away uh, overseas or interstate. Well, guess what? We holidayed at home. Um, and uh, down at the south coast, uh, where I have a place, uh, the next door houses, which both get rented all the time, they haven't had a free day. <laughs> it's just been solidly booked. So um, these are coming back through. I mean, obviously, the, the, the owners then use that money to either retire debt or if it's surplus cash, they use the profits and go and spend again or uh, invest some more because times are so good. So um, it's having the desired effect um, and we're seeing that coming through certain uh, companies on the ASX. Some are still languishing. Um, uh, you know, when I look at the travel companies, uh, you know, on a good day where they think that, um, I, I guess, uh, uh, travel is going to come back sooner, they take a 5% leap and then on, as soon as the coronavirus comes out again in the next form they take a 5% fall. Uh, but that volatility is, uh, is now upon us and, and likely to continue for some time to come. Um, but you're absolutely right, uh, the herd immunity uh, timetable that we're seeing overseas um, is looks like it's going to be May. So you know, from that point on, um, maybe, just maybe, we get back to what looks more normal um, sooner than we all think, thanks to the, thanks to the jab. Fingers, uh, fingers crossed in that respect, Emmanuel, that would be uh, definitely uh, um, uh, something that we all look forward to an overall perspective. When we, um, when we look um, at um, the markets today, and uh, I sit on the investment committee with you more from a governance perspective than a uh, that I know anything about the investment side. Uh, but we, uh, our last committee meeting, we looked at markets and we felt they were um, fair to expensive. Um, we're still sitting in that sort of range, um, which is a, an okay range. H how, how would you explain fair to expensive to the people listening today? Okay. So, so uh, as we've assessed it, um, we've seen uh, uh, price earnings multiple, so prices rise, the profits haven't come through um, as high as to justify the current prices, uh, but uh, the market is kind of discounting not what's going to happen in 2021 or 2022, but what's going to happen in 2023. So if you believe that the glide path now for herd immunity is, is going to be as short as it is, May of this year um, and towards the end of this year, um, and we do return to a normal, well, maybe just maybe we can justify those prices. Um, but in the short term, there's still going to be a few hiccups, which is why we've put our um, dial um, just over the, the fair value range. So uh, I wouldn't be 
too concerned um, just yet. Uh, you know, we're not in anywhere near a what we call FOMO, the fear of missing out, where we're you know everybody's piling into the stock market at a rate of knots. Because why? Because they just think it's going to keep going up. Certainly, there's a few stocks out there that um, that that uh, have that. Uh, aura about them, <laughs> but it's not the whole market in general. So, um, so that's why we've moved the dial up just a little bit um, to, to just signify that uh, that uh, prices have have run ahead. I mean, you just have to have a look at Commonwealth Bank. I think if you have a look at it from a year ago, um, you know, it was trading down around the $68, $69 level. We're up at $87 today. Um, so, you know, obviously the market has gotten wind of things returning to normal and has jumped, but we're now waiting for the profits to come through to justify that price. Um, and I guess our caution and our movement of that dial is, well, will we get the full effect of uh, the increase in profits to justify that price? Uh, we might have to wait just a bit longer. Yeah, good. So at this stage, it's steady as, as, as we go. Um, we're, we're, we're comfortable, um, and, but we're always uh, on, on watch. Um, and not uh, chasing it. Yeah, uh, which I think is uh, in, in, uh, important. Uh, Emmanuel, thanks again uh, for your time today. It's uh, really important that we keep uh, our advisors and their clients up to date with uh, our views um, and make sure they understand where things are because as we know and when, as we sometimes are susceptible to is that the press can actually make something out of nothing um, uh, but it's always important for us to look at all the data uh, and analyse that and make sure we know what the true story is and share that with the advisors and the and the clients. So once again thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure. And um, we look forward to seeing you uh, in the next edition of, uh, of Ground Control. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you uh, for listening today. Uh, our first edition for 2021. Uh, a lot's been happening, but um, I think you can see that we're in good hands with Emmanuel and his team uh, looking after our decision-making process. And um, we're hoping that 2021 will be a very good year for people. Uh, I think the important comment I'd make to you is this. Um, as Emmanuel said, um, we will expect market corrections, i.e. markets to go up and down. Uh, just be conscious of them and, and whether we're, we're not expecting that uh, they'll stick around for very long because um, all the fundamentals we're reading says with interest rates the way they are, with what's actually happening with stimulus around the world, um, with low inflation, um, low wage growth, that we can see a fairly steady uh, environment uh, for 2021. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the day.